This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Good morning and welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Dwayne Callender. Got a lot to talk about, so let's get right down to it with everything that happened in the world of sports yesterday. And uh, just uh recap what transpired in the NFL as a whole. So we basically had uh, Kansas City defeat the Colts 31-13. Game was closer than the actual score indicated. Uh, Colts missed a number of opportunities uh, in the kicking game. Vinatieri was surprisingly just bad uh like missed a 23 yard field goal at the end of the half mixed missed an extra point the Colts were absolutely dreadful on third down I'm not even sure if they actually converted a third down I, I think they went 0 for 8 if I'm not mistaken either 0 for 8 or 0 for 9 I, I'm not I don't think they actually converted a third down the entire game uh Casey's defense was better than expected uh, the pass rush was able to get home and the Colts just could not mount any rushing attack with Marlon Mack which I pointed out that I thought that the Colts were going to have to go to Naheem Hines, but they never used Hines. I, I was very surprised by that. I, I thought Frank Reich uh, failed to adjust to what Kansas City was doing. I thought that we were going to see a little bit more uh, of a passing attack through the backfield uh, against the Colts in the second half, but we really didn't get that at all. So uh, a little bit surprising there uh, in terms of how the game actually played out but uh as a whole Kansas City looked very uh, very good uh especially on defense on offense they ran uh the offense through Travis Kelsey a lot of dump off passes like Kelsey do his damage against Indy who does not play the tight end well at all I told you they were ranked 32nd against tight ends the entire season for a reason that they just don't defend tight ends well based off of their scheme because they're trying to limit big pass plays uh up top and you know, even though they didn't get the big pass play down the field, uh, Ty- Tyreek Hill still made an impact on that game because the uh, Chiefs ran some plays for him uh, running the football, and uh, Hill gashed him. Uh, you know, overall team speed of the uh, Colts was not nearly on the level of the Chiefs, and that's what I was getting at is that even with snowy conditions, the faster team is still going to be the faster team. Uh, it, like, snowy conditions really only impact you if it's a case of it's really thick snow and it it just slows down everyone completely so then you can't get traction that makes a difference that wasn't uh, the case yesterday it was just snowing in Casey it wasn't sticking uh to that point so anyway uh moving on just cuz we we got to get down to everything uh we had uh the Rams uh beat the Cowboys 30 to 22 so the Rams did actually cover uh, that uh, that seven point spread. Realistically, this game came down to the fact that the Cowboys' defense 
could not stop the Rams' running attack. The Rams basically lined up at the line of scrimmage and punched Dallas in the mouth repeatedly, and the Cowboys had no answer for it. You know, the run stunts that the Rams were doing, the Cowboys just had no answer. There were no adjustments at the, uh, in the second half. Rob Marinelli, uh I mean, they were putting it on Rashard, but, like, Rashard can't, isn't the one coaching the defensive line. That's Rod Marinelli's job. Rashard deals with the linebackers and the secondary. Like, Dallas lost that game at the line of scrimmage. It, like, Dallas got their asses handed to them at the off, uh, at the uh, line of scrimmage on defense. Like, the Rams' offensive line uh, literally just, like, had their way with the Cowboys the entire game. Uh, there, there was no question about it that the Rams were the more physical team last night. Uh, and, you know, Zeke didn't really have the big game people were looking for. Like, this uh, this game flipped completely on its head from what people were expecting it to go down as uh, versus what actually happened. Because Gurley didn't have the monster game uh, because the Rams were splitting carries with C.J. Anderson. We actually have to consider C.J. Anderson a legitimate fantasy option now. It wasn't a two-week blip. The Rams actually treat C.J. Anderson as a legitimate running threat and... We have to follow accordingly because if the Rams are going to give C.J. Anderson that many carries, you got to factor him in for next week in the NFC Championship game. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. From the Dallas side of things, it's a disappointing loss for sure, but it's not as though you were expecting to go to the Super Bowl. I know Dallas uh, and the Cowboys fans in general tend to be crazy, but realistically, no one was expecting this team to do what they did this year, so... You know, you, you can't be you can't be horribly disappointed. Yes, do you still have one of the worst head coaches in the league? Absolutely. But Jason Garrett was never going anywhere, even with a loss uh, last night. So, uh, for my standpoint, the biggest thing for Dallas is figuring out is Dak the QB like long term. Like, are you going to give Dak Prescott so much money? that you are burdened by his contract or you're going to figure out a way to get him to do a team-friendly deal where he's getting paid less than $20 million a year. I think Dak Prescott's getting $25 million a year just because Jerry Jones doesn't know what he's doing. But, you know, it is what it is because I want the Dallas Cowboys, as a Giants fan, I want the Dallas Cowboys to pay Dak Prescott as much money as possible because Jerry Jones is in love with Dak Prescott. You know, if that causes an issue with Ezekiel Elliott, all the more drama, the better for the Cowboys, as far as I'm concerned. But I, I just don't see where this Cowboys team improves unless Dak gets better and you can actually add uh, some more wide receiver depth uh, to that team because Michael Gallup shows signs of improving but isn't consistent. Amari Cooper, yes, you know, one-on-one, he's been dynamite, but again, if Dak doesn't get better, Amari Cooper is still going to be a big play threat only type receiver, and I think they need a little bit more than that. So let's get down to the thick of things because we've got to talk about uh, the two Sunday matchups today. We got New England hosting the Chargers uh, New England is now a three and a half point favorite over the Chargers. The public money is coming heavily in on the Chargers now because uh, before it was it was showing more fifty fifty. Now, in terms of public money action, 
it's now uh, becoming more apparent that it's uh, it's 54% of the public money on the Chargers uh, in terms of bets uh, being placed. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, the money allocation, there is still room uh, for because it's still more balanced. So that I mean, basically, when you get that kind of a breakdown, basically the sharps, I, I, thereby the like heavy betters are betting on the Patriots, uh, the public uh, still betting more on the Chargers. So that's where you're gonna get uh, you're seeing the divide is that the uh, the more experienced betters, if you will, are going heavily on the Patriots, and that's what's offsetting the money allocation. So that you're you're seeing more from uh, uh, you're seeing more from uh, a betting standpoint, uh, being money from an, um, uh, from the actual money uh, standpoint. So like the actual total dollars bet is relatively even, even though the actual total number of bets are slanted in favor of the Chargers. But uh, in terms of matchups to look out for, again, I talked about this yesterday. I still expect a heavy dose of James White in the passing game. And, you know, from a running standpoint, to keep the Chargers offense so that Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa aren't in uh, Brady's grill the entire matchup. I expect Sonny Michel to be running in between the tackles. I expect a lot of eye formation. I expect to see a lot of James Devlin at the fullback. Uh, uh, doing lead blocks for Michelle, and you know, two back sets with uh, James White and Michelle wouldn't surprise me either. The uh, the Patriots are going to switch things up on the Chargers and not give them uh, similar looks that they got last week with the Ravens. So I, that's why I feel as though this game's going to go a little bit differently. It, it's not one where I have a ton of confidence in the Patriots covering. But I do expect the Patriots to win because I still have my doubts about the Chargers offense with this cold uh, weather uh, in the forecast. You've got uh, temperatures below 15 degrees. It's freezing cold in the rock. It's it's hard to throw the ball deep down the field uh, in these types of conditions. I mean, the ball is literally a, uh, is a rock. Uh, you know, yes, there's a chance that Mike Williams can catch a deep ball down the field, but realistically, I think the Chargers are going to need uh, to be able to run the football, and I'm not entirely sold on Melvin Gordon being healthy enough with that knee injury, and again, he's got a, a severe MCL sprain, it's like, you know, folks, for those of you who don't, have never had a major knee surgery, like, really cold weather is really bad for her knees, it's like, it's a, I know, it's a shocking news, but it, it, this is like one of the worst uh, situations you could be in as a player trying to deal with uh, a knee injury. I, you know, I do not envy Gordon's position whatsoever. I, I think this is a tough one for him to be in at the moment, and I am not. I'm not entirely sold on the idea that uh, Gordon's going to be able to uh, make things work in terms of. Uh, Running the football uh, in between the tackles today, I, you know, I'm I'm not seeing it. And yes, they could go to Justin Jackson, uh, but uh, you know, the Chargers are not going to abandon their bell cow. They're going to live and die by Melvin Gordon, and I just don't have confidence in Melvin Gordon being able to run the football effectively today. That's just the way I kind of look at it. So moving on to the Philadelphia 
Eagles traveling to New Orleans to play the Saints. You know, this game's uh, been at seven and a half, eight points the entire way through in favor of the Saints. I, I told you before, folks, this should be a route. You know, I don't see a scenario where the Eagles stay in this game where it's not because they're just throwing the football because they're down multiple scores. I expect the Saints to be able to run the football on them, pass the football on the Eagles. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas has enough matchup discrepancies against this Eagles secondary that Michael Thomas should have a big day. I expect a lot of Kamara. I expect Ingram at the goal line. I don't see scenarios where Philly is matching up well enough against New Orleans in the Superdome, mind you, where the, the Saints play their best football. I don't see a scenario where the Eagles can stay in this matchup. Yes, uh, you can call me a hater all you want, but I, I logistically, I don't see a, a path for the Eagles to win this game unless the Saints just completely choke. It, that's it. It's like you, you're banking on the Saints choking is uh, is what this really comes down to. I, me personally, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not one that is uh, one for banking on people choking uh, to be the end all be all of how uh, a matchup's going to swing. So it, basically, it, it's it's one of those where. I just have to take the the Saints. It's like there's no there's no way uh, of avoiding this one. So like in terms of the uh, the action, uh, the percentage of the bets uh, you got fifty three percent of the bets coming in on the Saints. The money's coming in on the Saints as well. Uh, it, I mean this line opened up at ten. The money has been it came in early on the Eagles because the public was betting on the Eagles. But then the rest of the experts and the money came in on the Saints late. I, I don't really see where the Saints don't cover this game. It requires, uh, it literally requires uh, a, just a complete and utter meltdown uh, to have uh, uh, to have uh, the Eagles not only cover this game but to win this game. It, there's just there's not enough. Uh, tangible reasons to even give the Eagles a shot on this one and spare me the Nick Foles talk because Nick Foles was not good last week. He was very fortunate against the Bears and truth be told uh, from a a pass rush standpoint, the Saints are going to get after him. You're going to have an even louder, uh, louder stadium I just I think all the struggles the Eagles had on offense last week in the first half it's going to be amplified this week and the Saints are going to put touchdowns on the board. The Bears' offense is not nearly as proficient as the Saints' offense. If the Eagles start out slow the way they did against the uh, the Bears last week, this one's going to be a wrap by halftime. The Eagles are going to be up by three scores. So you know, take from that what you will, but. Uh, realistically, the Eagles have got to find a way to get off to a fast start, and I'm not exactly sure how they're going to do that because they don't run the ball particularly well, and they're up against the league's uh, one of the league's top rush defenses, so they're going to have to throw the football. Yes, they can hope for pass interference calls, but against the state secondary, there's not a whole lot of, uh, like with uh, Marcus Lattimore, like basically here's what the Eagles are going to have to do. 
They're going to have to try to find whoever is matched up against Eli Apple, the former Giants DB who still stinks. You got to find whoever's matched up against Eli Apple, whether it's going to be Golden Tate, Nelson Aguilar, and just keep throwing at him and hope for him to hold a clutch, like just do whatever dumb things that Eli Apple usually does and hope for penalty flags and keep drives going. That's basically your offense. You're relying on being able to pick on one single guy in the secondary because the other routes of generating offense for the Eagles, the Saints are pretty good at defending. Uh, they're def- they're pretty good against uh, tight ends, and uh, they're pretty good against uh, uh, number one wide receivers over the top uh, in terms of big plays. Even though Lattimore has struggled this year, a lot of the issues has come has come across. Uh, on medium routes, not necessarily the deep ball. So again, I'm struggling to find ways of talking up the Eagles because I just think that this is so heavily slanted toward the saints that I really don't really have a, a, a substantive argument to make a case for the Eagles here. Other than saying, you know, strange things could happen. And I hate doing that. Uh, I, I like to be able to have some type of, uh, rationale for playmaking decisions. So, without much further ado, let's talk about the actual lineups today for uh, Sunday um, matchup. So, in terms of where I'm going with this, I do see myself starting Nick Foles at QB, not because Nick Foles is good, just because it's going to be such a blowout that I fully expect uh, to see... A lot of uh, second-half throws by Nick Foles to get his team back in it. So uh, I would look at uh, Nick Foles and Alshon Jeffrey. uh, Or I would say even if you're looking at Nelson Aguilar or Golden Tate, like you got to pair up Foles with one of those receivers. Preference would be on uh, Tate and Aguilar. And you hope that they make catches. The problem, the problem with that is Ted Ginn. I mean, uh, uh, Eli Apple holds so much that uh, you know you're probably going to see more uh, cases of them uh, drawing flags than actually catching passes. So that's the one thing that hurts them from a fantasy perspective. Uh, the other guy I would be looking at in that matchup uh, today on the opposite side for the Saints would be Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn is fast. The Eagles secondary. Is not that fast <laughs> to be to be perfectly honest. Uh, it's a lot of backups. They can get burnt over the top. The Bears really didn't take too many deep shots uh, down the field, but when they did, they did actually have some success. So my perspective on this is that Ted Ginn, especially on Fanduel, where he's min priced at forty five hundred, is a must play on Fanduel. Uh, DraftKings, he's fifty four hundred, so. Not that expensive either. I, I still think you got to play uh, Ted Ginn uh, there, and you go from there. But, uh, you know, from my perspective, uh, this is a matchup where, you know, depending on how the Saints go, uh, you know, it depends on who gets the goal line carries between Ingram and Kamara. I would probably play both Ingram and Kamara. And then you can use James White uh, as a, another uh, running back uh, there. And then uh, from a pass-catching standpoint, like I said, you got uh, Aguilar, you got uh, uh, 
you got you got Aguilar, you got Golden Tate, uh, and you hope for some of those matchups to, to kind of pan out. But uh, yeah, in terms of uh, the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, we can like talk till we're blue in the face. I, there's no way I'm gonna ever recommend someone play the Eagles here when I know how bad the Eagles are. It, it's just it's it's literally one of those where uh, the Eagles. Uh, I just don't see a path for them to actually uh, get a W here. I, I really don't. So uh, that is the bulk of my analysis. So, again, uh, two games late. Uh, you know, we got uh, interesting matchups uh, ahead for the championship game because we, we had both the Rams and Chiefs hold on. So uh, we'll see We'll see who uh, makes it to the championship games next week. So, uh, I'll probably do another show later on to recap uh, these matchups tonight and talk about some of the other things that happened in the world of sports over the weekend. Uh, we got some NBA news and a lot of uh, a lot of talk going on uh, in the Celtics right now and not necessarily in a positive way. So uh, that's all for now, but uh, let's see how the games go today and uh, hope for a good one. Take it easy, folks.